This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. For our teaching time today, we are going to go back and look at the psalm. Psalm 42, and very briefly, a look at Psalm 43. Now, Psalm 42 has a heading at the beginning, and it says, To the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been curious as to what those things mean, but a mascal is a teaching song, and it's the sons of Korah. Now, who are those guys? Well, there was Korah, who was a lead singer in the temple. And so the sons of Korah, his descendants, were likely the ones who wrote this psalm. Now, the Korahites were a part of the Kohathites. And you say, who are they? Well, maybe you don't say, who are they? But Kohathites were the clan in the tribe of Israel, and they were among the Levites, and their whole duty was to take care of the things in the tabernacle or the temple. It would be sort of like if we gave Gene a job where he wasn't supposed to do anything except sit in the sanctuary here and take care of the altar. That means all day, every day, every week, he would sit and make sure the candlesticks were polished and there was no wax in the pans and everything was spick and span. That's what the Kohathites did. They took care of all the stuff in the tabernacle or the temple. These are the Korahites, and remember, they're singers. And it says that in Second Chronicles 20:19, The Korahites stood to praise God with a loud voice. Now, verse 1, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. What does this tell us? It tells us that that the writers of this psalm have a thirst for God. Thirst is important. Why? Because we can go for many days without food, but we can't go without water. One may go many days without food, but thirst shows an even more urgent need, which is more than hungering. Hunger you can palliate, but thirst is awful, insatiable, clamorous, and deadly. Have you ever been outside working in your yard or done something where you were really, really, really thirsty? And you felt like maybe you were going to pass out or something. That displays for us the attitude that these guys had when they were writing this psalm saying, As the deer pants for flowing streams, So pants my soul for you, O God. This shows a deeply felt need. Now, that is a good thing. If you're thirsting for God, that's awesome. Because if you follow that to its logical conclusion based on the illustration here of thirsting, that means you are going to hunt for God, you're going to pursue God, you're going to try to find a closer relationship with God, and you are going to be almost totally consumed with the desire for fellowship with God. How many of us can relate to having a desire for God that's that strong? 
And I'm hopeful that we all will have that. Now, Spurgeon had his different take on this issue, and there's two halves to it. Thirsting for God, again, is a good thing. But Spurgeon pointed out that if the psalmist had maintained his communion with God, he would be enjoying God at that moment and not declaring his thirst. Now, that's what Spurgeon had to say, is that maybe those guys, even though they were servants in the temple, had let their relationship with God lapse to the point where now they're crying out, God, I'm thirsting for you to make amends for the fact that they maybe have been neglectful. And believe me, it is possible. See, the Korahites and the Kohathites were servants in the temple. They were the Levites. That was the tribe that had the priests in Israel. But I can assure you that just because you serve in the church in one way or the other does not mean that you might not lapse in your dedication and devotion to God. Sometimes, believe it or not, doing ministry can be such a compelling act that it diverts your attention away from the Lord and causes you to look at doing the ministry stuff. You say, well, how can you do that? Easy. You can get so busy doing things for God that you forget to have fellowship with God. And that's a dangerous place to be in. Now, number verse 2. When shall I come and appear before God? They need fellowship. They're at the point of crying out. And the psalmist may even be a little bit depressed because he's pleading, saying, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He wants to know when that thirst is going to be quenched and met. He also says in verse 3 that his enemies taunt him, saying, where's your God? Have we ever been in such a state where we're panic-stricken and we indicate or show by our actions or our thoughts or our words that we're not really walking as closely with God as we ought to be and that we don't have the peace we ought to have if we're working and walking, walking with God. And so it's a temptation then for the people who don't know the Lord to look at you and say, where's this God you say you worship? I don't see any evidence in your life that you have fellowship with the Lord. You're just like everybody else. You're worried. You're panic-stricken. You're fearful. If I were to come up behind you and say your name, you'd jump six feet high. You're that on the edge. Where's your God? So the sons of Korah here are saying, oh, man, the people are even saying, and they're taunting me, saying, where's my God? Because I'm not showing any signs that I have fellowship with him. Now, Number four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with shouts, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Here he's remembering the good old days. 
when he did have that fellowship. And he's looking back on that and saying, I wish I could do that again. And this, I'm reminded here of a story about a guy named Charles Templeton. You may have never heard of him, but he was an affiliate and a companion of Billy Graham back in the late 40s and early 50s. And at the time of the Los Angeles crusade, both Billy and Charles were on this hill up there, you know, where the big sign says Hollywood, you know, the big white letters. They were up there and Billy pledged that he was going to believe the Bible and the word of God and he was going to preach the word of God without hesitation. Charles Templeton said he thought that was intellectual suicide and he left his faith. But about 30 to 40 years later, when Lee Strobel, the guy that wrote The Case for Christ, The Case for the Resurrection and all of those books, interviewed Charles Templeton. And when he asked him, Strobel asked him about that moment that he was with Billy on the hilltop, Charles Templeton started to cry. And he said, I miss that Jesus. That's what's going on there in verse 4. The sons of Korah say, I long for the time when I was leading the procession into the temple with worship, shouting to God and praising him. I miss those days. Verse 5. He starts to find the remedy here. What he does, what does he do? He preaches to himself. He says, and he challenges himself. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So there's an act of faith there where he said, one of these days I'm going to get back right. And I'm going to get back in God's presence and fellowship with him. I'm going to have that fellowship with him, and I'm determined to make it happen. So he's headed in the right direction here. He's taking that positive step. Now, there's in that last line of verse 5, there's that word, therefore. That word, again, we talked about that last week, where everything that comes before it, now we're referring to that, and we're going to move ahead. He says, therefore, I remember you. The psalmist says he indeed does Remember the Lord. One encouraging thing about this particular psalm is that we can use it and make it one of our prayers too. If we ever find ourselves discouraged or depressed or worried or fearful, we can pray with the psalmist. As the deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. I long to be in your presence. I long to have fellowship with you. And in verse 9, he does ask why. Why have you forgotten me, Lord? Why have you forgotten me? Now, here's the thing. It's okay to ask God a question about what's going on. It's not a problem to have a question for God, by the way. And we read in the Bible. I mean, our Old Testament reading today was... Elijah complaining to God, saying, God, he killed all your prophets and I'm the only one left. It's not worth it. Take my life. So it's okay to ask God, God, why am I not having this fellowship with you like I believe I ought to? So it's okay. So if you ever are in that position, it's okay to ask God, where are you? 
But then in verse 8, he affirms God's love for him. These are not in any particular verse order here, by the way. In verse, again, he's talking about singing to the Lord. And in verse 5, again, he preaches to himself. And he remembers the past good. He longs for God. And he wants more fellowship with God. And we end, out, we end up with a positive word at the end of Psalm 42 and at the end of Psalm 43. If you look, verse 5, verse 11 in Psalm 42 and verse 5 in Psalm 43 are identical. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And the reason that's the case is at one time, Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 might have been one psalm. They were just broken up by the folks who put the Bible in order. Because the thoughts in Psalm 42 continue in Psalm 43. It's just very much the same. So what do we get out of this today? It's okay to cry out and ask God why. But it's also very preferable if we don't lose our fellowship with God Stay in fellowship with Him. And that will keep the worrying down to a minimum. That's hard to remember when we're in a tight place. But it's true. Let's thirst for God. Let's long for fellowship with God. And make it our plan and our desire and our hope and our wish to have that continuing fellowship with God day by day. And then we will be like the psalmist at the end of verse 11, I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So let's hope in God and we'll see great and awesome things happen in our relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.